you would, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And that's where I'm going to be coming out of, but to start, I'm going to tell you the verse from 1 John 4, verses 7 through 8. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, because love is from God, and anyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Such a simple statement, God is love. It shows the personification of God. It takes more than one person for love to exist. It shows us that God is more than one because he is all being. He's everywhere at every time and knows everything. We refer to him as the triune Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see that multiple person personification in this statement that God is love. For that to happen, there has to be more than one person involved. If you're by yourself and you claim you have love, then you're selfish. It's not love. It's selfishness. When we chose to be Christians, most of us in here are Christians. I pray that all of us are. That's between you and God. You know that. He knows that. Well, when we chose that life, we may have thought it was going to be easy, but it's not. Christian life's not always easy. In fact, it's a pretty hard choice. It's a choice that will face us with hard times. It's a choice that will lead us to be persecuted by those who don't believe our faith. It's a choice that will put us through trials of various kinds, testing our faith constantly. It's a choice that will allow us to be scorned and ridiculed by the world, torn down by those who oppose us, fought by those who hate us, tested by the choices that we're faced with, tempted by various things in the world. We'll be made fun of, hit, spit on, shoved, slapped, beat, belittled, maybe even betrayed. Christ faced every bit of that and more. He died for us, and he did all of it out of love. He faced every single one of those out of love. Loving is not easy. It's very hard, and it's a hard thing to do. The world would have us react differently to all those things. The world wants us to fight back, push back, slap back, beat back, spit back, cuss back, talk back, burn things down, destroy everything. They, they just want us to fight. They want us to show hatred. They want us to hate those who have persecuted us. I hate those who have shown us injustice. hate those who we might see as different. But that's not the answer Christ gave. He showed love, compassion, and mercy to an adulteress. He showed love and healing to the lepers who were cast out from society. He showed love to greedy tax collectors. He even accepted one into his own fold. He even washed the feet of Judas, the one who would betray him, and he knew he was going to be betrayed by Judas. He still washed his feet. 
He still fed them. He still loved them. See, Christ teaches love. And he will measure us by our actions. Plain and simple. Because if we show love, we show that we know God. If we show love, we show that we are part of God's family and not a part of this world. We are called to be different from this world. You see, all of those things that we face, all of those trials that we face, all those attacks from the world that we face, they're going to leave scars on us. They're going to hurt us. We're going to be afraid, angry, lack trust in other people. That comes with it. That's part of humanity. It's part of the fall. But it's our reactions that will determine how those scars heal. You see, they can become chains if we act like the world and enslave us to the actions of the world and enslave us to our own sins and our own selfishness. Or they can be crowns in glory that we get to cast at the feet of Jesus. That's where those crowns come from is our reactions to those scars, our reactions to the way that people hurt us, our reactions to the way that the world treats us. We're told to love our enemies, to pray for those that persecute us. We're even told that in doing so, we'd be casting coals on the heads of our enemies. We're to feed our enemies and clothe our enemies, take care of our enemies. Sounds strange. It's not, not our nature, but that's God's nature. It's not God's wish that we should die or we should be in pain or we should be sick. That's part of the fall. That's part of the sin, the disobedience from Adam and Eve. God's wish was that we would live with him and that we would show love to one another. And he did that through Christ. He gave us the example of love. No other perfect example exists except Jesus of love. And through Jesus, he gave us eternal life. That even though this body may perish because it's of this world, our soul and our spirit will exist forever in eternity and glory with him if we accept Jesus as our Savior. Paul wrote about love because the church in Corinth and the city of Corinth awful lot like the church in America today and the country that we call home. It's torn apart by different beliefs, different ideologies, different cultures all mingling together. Corinth was a center hub of trade in the ancient world. And so there were multiple different kinds of people living there at one time. And the church was faced with how to approach those people and how to deal with those people and how to handle their traditions and their ideologies coming into the church. And Paul was writing his epistles to that. We have two of them, First and Second Corinthians. It's mentioned that there is another epistle that we don't have. I wish we did. I'd love to read it. But that wasn't God's will. His will was these two. And in the 
In the middle of the first epistle, the first letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, he speaks about love in a superior way. And he talks about your actions and what's behind your actions. If your actions aren't based in love, they're pretty meaningless. If they're not based in compassion and in God's will, they really don't matter that much. There'll be more of a detriment to you than a help. What Paul is saying in here is that how you treat people and how you treat yourself and how you respond to the actions of the world should be done in love no matter what you're doing. Not for selfish reasons, but for selfless reasons. If you can't move from selfish to selfless, then you're not acting in love. And picking up verse 1, it says, If I speak human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. He's saying that if your speak, your speech, your words that you tell other people aren't in love, you're just making noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so I can move mountains but do not love, I am nothing. He's saying the best preachers, the best speakers, the best philanthropists, the best missionaries, if they're not acting in love, if they're acting for their own glory and not for the glory of the one who is love, then they're not doing anything. They're not doing one thing to accomplish anything for God at that point. Our actions have to be in love. Even if we are performing miracles, if it's not in love, it doesn't matter. Jesus himself said there will be many who say, Lord, Lord, look at all the things I've done, the prophecies I've done, the miracles I've done. I've healed people. And he'll say, get away from me, I never knew you. And it's because of their actions, the way they did it. It wasn't done in love. It was done for selfish reasons, for their own glory. He says, and if I give away all my possessions, and if I give up my body in order to boast, some translations say in order to be burned, but do not have love, I gain nothing. He's saying even if you die, for a cause you believe in, if it's not done in love, it doesn't matter. It was a worthless act. I think it's amazing that Paul goes through and tells us this to start. He addresses our actions and our reactions to things in this world. He's saying you can't be underhanded, undermining. You can't be sneaky, deceptive. You can't be working behind the scenes to oust somebody because all that's done in selfishness. We should be working hand in hand for the glory of God. We should be working foot by foot, side by side. We are all different parts of one body, and if those parts don't work together, the body don't move. And that's done through love. And then Paul tells us what love is. He says, love is patient. So let's be patient with each other. Take a little time, hear each other out, and think about things. Christ said to be slow to anger. Love is kind. So let's show kindness to one another. 
even if we don't agree on what the thoughts of each other are. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant. It's not worry about what each other have that we don't have. That's selfishness. It's not brag about what we have that others don't have. That's selfishness. Let's not be arrogant about it. Let's not think that we are better than any other person. That's selfishness. Love is not those things. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not irritable. and does not keep a record of wrongdoings. We have to consider each other. I'm not saying to tiptoe around people, but let's be truthful, let's be honest, but let's be considerate. Not keep a record of wrongdoings. Let's forgive. Forgiveness is an awesome act of love. Christ tells us that if we are not faithful to forgive those who have done us wrong, the Father will not be faithful to forgive us. I don't know about y'all, but that makes me want to make sure I forgive every person I can. And maybe even seek forgiveness from those that I've done wrong. It says, Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Because love never ends, but as for for prophecies, a lot of people are up in arms wanting to talk about prophecies. Okay? As for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. See, we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. Christ is the perfect. And when he comes, all this that everybody's fighting over will stop. Possessions, all the prophecies will be fulfilled so they're over with. All knowledge will be ended because when Christ comes, everything will be revealed. Everything comes to an end at some point. And Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put aside childish things. He's referring to the fights that were going on in the church in Corinth. He said they were fighting like little children. They were in arms against each other, withholding the glory of God from from progressing in the church. They were stopping the church from growing because of their actions. They were stopping the church from continuing because of their actions. They were affecting the church in each community because of their actions. And he said, stop acting like children. It's time for y'all to grow up. 
said, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. He's saying this is an illusion, this life in this world. It's just a reflection. It's not the real thing. But when Christ comes, he says, But then face to face, when Christ comes, we'll see the real thing. The veil will be torn away and we'll see everything for what it really is because we'll be seeing things through the perspective of Christ and God. He says, Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. What he's saying is those three things, they last forever. Because even after Christ comes, we still have love. And that is the greatest of them because that is God. Love is, love is God. God is love. That is the greatest of the three things that will remain. Christ shows us faith. We get hope through the Spirit, but through God we gain love. And those three remain through all eternity. Those three are what matters. Those three show the faith, the loyalty, the love, the hope that comes through Christianity. The world teaches hate, retribution. Teaches us to belittle each other, to fight back in scornful ways. Christ said, feed your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, he says, You have heard that it is said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, this is Christ speaking, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? That's easy. Loving each other is easy if the person loves you back. That's what Christ is saying here. What reward do you have when you do something easy? He says, don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what are you doing out of the ordinary? But even the Gentiles do the same. He says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. He's saying, love those who are hard to love. Pray for those you don't want to pray for. Care for those you don't want to care for. Christ says, do the hard thing. Take the hard road. Don't follow the world on the highway. It's easy to do what the world wants you to do. It's easy to throw a brick at a building. It's easy to burn something down. It's easy to scorn those. It's easy to scream about injustice. It's easy to care about yourself. Everybody else is doing that. Nothing's changing. This world 
this year especially, has shown us the hate of the world. God said love them. Hug them. Feed them. Clothe them. Take care of them. Even if you don't agree with them. He washed the feet of the man who had betrayed him. He fed Judas. Feed your Judas. Give them scripture. Show them kindness. Tell them to their face you forgive them. But you pray for them. Feed your Judas. Act perfectly in accordance with God and show love to others. Turn your scars to crowns, not to chains. Don't be burdened by the sins of this world. Be freed through the grace and forgiveness of Christ Jesus. I would ask if anybody feels the need to pray, the altar is open, or you can pray where you're at. Dear Lord, kind Heavenly Father, thank you for the message. Thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Help everyone who hears this message to take it out among the world and share it with all those. Help us to learn to feed our Judas. Help us to learn to take care of those who have persecuted us, to pray for those, to love those. Help us to live more like you, Lord, and less like ourselves, and to be more in your light, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you've enjoyed this content, please visit my website, www.brotherjamespardee.com, to view and listen to more content that I've been able to put out. You can also subscribe to the website there and receive updates as new material comes out. And also, you can either go to patreon.com slash brotherjamespardee, or you can click the Patreon button at the bottom of the welcome page. And you would be helping me out into bringing you further, better, more in-depth content. I would greatly appreciate it. Love you guys. Thanks so much.